I read Rock and Roll Globe. Rockandrollglobe.com features the sharpest takes about what's good and what's um, not so good in music. They call it real writing about real music. It's not for woke 22-year-olds. It's just crisp, surprising insight into music of all kinds, interviews with performers, concise reviews of hot new records, a look back at that great album that changed everything. It's all on rockandrollglobe.com. Check out Rock and Roll Globe. That's rockandrollglobe.com. I could hardly wait. Pravda Records presents The Lilacs with their first new recording in 25 years. The Lilacs and Door. Four blockbuster hits. Monica. Monica, Saw her first. Blue Spark. Get the Lilacs and Door on all streaming platforms and wherever CDs are sold. Pure Chicago Power Pop. When it comes to autism, finding the right words can be tough. Finding community in these challenging times doesn't have to be. Join us, even virtually, to move together towards a kinder world for the millions of people on the autism spectrum. Find out how at autismspeaks.org slash together. This is the New Jersey Globe Power Hour on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Here's the Globe's Editor-in-Chief, David Wildstein. Good afternoon, everybody. Uh, obviously, we've had some technical issues today. Uh, I apologize for that, and uh, uh, thank you for, for sticking with us. Uh, some very, very sad news today, which was the Gerald Cardinal a state senator from Bergen County, served in the legislature for almost 42 years. He passed away this morning at age 86. He served longer than any other Republican in New Jersey history. Uh, and and this, one's, this one's hard because a lot of people in New Jersey have, have known him over the years. Uh, we were, we were going to have Bob Roth on, his, his friend and his running mate, to talk about him. I will have him on next week. And we were also going to have Assembly Majority Leader Lou Greenwald and uh, and I apologize to him and to you, but we will reschedule him uh, again due to the the technical difficulties. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna speak with Assembly Minority Leader John Bramnick, uh, who is is hopefully on the line. Uh, Mr. Leader, are you there? Yes, sir. I apologize for for the delays, uh, but uh, I hope you are doing well, and I hope you're staying safe and you're staying warm. You're all good. Oh, good. good. I'm glad. Uh, so, so first of all, all of us were here. We're, we're, we're sad to hear of, of Senator Cardinal's passing this morning. You've known him. You've known him a long time. What will you remember most about him? He stuck to his guns, his issues, and uh, he didn't care what the what the current issue of the day was or what the current movement of the day was. 
he he believed in what he believed in and he and I respect anyone who who is consistent and he was always consistent he was a very strong conservative and he struck me as a as a man who was just entirely comfortable in his own skin absolutely and they went after him with all kinds of nasty commercials and didn't phase him and the people who he represented loved him so he was an institution and I as I said I really respect people who are authentic and he was authentic. He was. He was, uh, Mr. Leader. You you came on the very first show of the New Jersey Globe. It was it was less confusing back then. Twenty four weeks ago, uh, at the time you were considering a run for governor. Now you're now you're the favorite to move to the state senate in November. It seems like you made the right decision there. Well, as I traveled the state, and this was before the January sixth uh, Capitol event, and as I went through the state. I realized that my views, and I have been critical of the president in terms of how he treated people, and I never really changed. I felt that way from the first time he called people names. And many Republicans didn't like that. Uh, if th- This January 6th event, I think, maybe uh, would have changed some things, but if at that time it was too late. But I deeply believe that we have to respect each other, and we treat each other in a civil manner, and he didn't do that. And from day one, I didn't like it. And this this seems to to become your have to become your uh, your brand, pushing for more civility in politics. One of the things, Mr. Leader, I've noticed about you is is that uh, you're not afraid to throw a punch when it comes to a a policy uh, decision. You don't get personal. You don't hit below the belt. But how do you how do you know when to draw the line? How do you know when to throw the punch and when to talk nice? Well, I've been on the floor of the legislature. I won't say who it was, but years ago, someone called me unethical. That was it. I'll throw a punch then if you go against my ethics or you go against my family. But if you're if you're talking about my public positions on policy, why would I take that personally? Well, you know, we all we just represent people on policy issues, so it shouldn't be personal. As I never I never understood that, and people take it personally, and I think it gets in the way of trying to get something done you know why can't we sit down and say hey look i see what you want i need this i think my constituents want this why don't we work something out no those days are over apparently in jersey it's a little better than at the national level hope and hopefully it'll hopefully it'll continue to be better at least in new jersey than it is nationally but uh i'm speaking with assembly minority leader john bramnick uh, mr leader governor murphy is going to deliver his budget address on tuesday what what's your expectation of what's going to happen my expectation is since he was able to borrow billions of dollars, you know, he's going to be able to float through this period right up until the election because he's not living in reality. He has authorizations to borrow more than $9 billion, and consequently he's going to have this nest egg of borrowed money. Uh, they never really – Democrats led by uh, Governor Murphy never took any tough actions during this period of time, almost no furloughs, no real cuts, no real changes in how they budget. So I think he's, gonna, he's going to be able to, in my judgment, kind of have this – I'll say uh, – I'll call it like a magic move until November. And I think he's basically going to say things are tough because of COVID, and I agree, but then what real cuts have you made? And do you, do, you, do you anticipate that the governor will announce that he's going to draw down on, on some more of that borrowing, or, or do you think he'll propose any tax increases? 
Well, I don't think he's going to announce drawing down because since he already has it available, there's this four-person committee that can just move the money into the budget. I think he's going to talk about how difficult it's been and how difficult it's been in terms of reduction in revenues. But I think he's already done the kind of things to make sure that he's got a smooth uh, lane until November. Uh, The real issue is before this budget year, he was raising state spending by a total of 11 percent over two years, while local municipalities were capped at 2 percent. So if you really look at what he's done, it's never been fiscally right for New Jersey. But I think he's going to escape. He's going to he's going to miss the bullet during this period of time because of the borrowing. And let me shift questions, uh, Mr. Leader. So let me switch topics. The 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 governor's refused to fire Marcus Hicks as commissioner of corrections. There's, a, as you know, a growing scandal over allegations of beatings and sexual assaults at a state woman's prison. What's the governor waiting for on holding his commissioner accountable? Well, I think he hired Matt Boxer, outside counsel, to look at this. And I think there's, there's no patience for that by both Democrats and Republicans in the legislature. So there is a little bit of a tension even between the Democratic legislators and this governor. So the real question is, and I know that one of the senators on our side of the aisle has moved to try to have him impeached, you know, Marcus, the uh, the commissioner. So consequently, I think they'll probably get a situation where they'll get this report out quickly enough to probably stop any real assault by the Democratic majority. And do you expect that do you expect that Marcus Hicks will survive the the year? No, no, because uh, to me, if you're the commissioner and my governor's under pressure, that's when I think a commissioner steps aside. I mean, I think it's just respectful for the governor. And, and Mr. Leader, New, New Jersey's got a, a million more Democrats than Republicans. Can Republicans beat Phil Murphy this year? If we get independent votes. That's why it's so important in New Jersey that most people are in the middle. Governor Kane said that 30 years ago, that 70 percent of the people in the middle. I think most people are fiscally conservative, but moderate when it comes to social issues. So I think uh, the goal of the Republicans is try to get independence. And if you don't, if you don't attract independence, you cannot win. I didn't do great in math at Plainfield High School, but I can tell you, with, and also the Republican Party has to stay together. It can't be two Republican parties. If you're going to win, you've got to keep the Republicans together, and you have to attract independence. You don't do that, you lose. So does the, the Chitterelli, the, the presumptive, be cautious going forward as to, as to moving too far to the right in a primary and, and try and stay somewhere closer to right of center? Jack's kind of been in the middle, really. I mean, there were times when he criticized the president, times when he uh, supported the president. He's been a moderate. I served in the caucus with him. I think he kind of fits that in a lot of ways. He's a CPA with an MBA, and I think he's he's kind of in the middle. And, you know, I don't know if he wants me to say that, but I think he'll attract independent votes because I think he's a common sense guy. And I'm speaking with Assembly Minority Leader John Bramnick. Mr. Leader, uh, you were uh, for for most of 2020 a strong critic of the uh, Motor Vehicles Commission. Uh, I, I saw you do video after video. You went around to different agencies criticizing these unbearably long lines. Are things getting any better there? 
Well, they're only better because there's no lines and things are done by appointment. Obviously, they should have done that earlier. You know, people are less restless and less upset if they have an appointment as opposed to waiting uh, five hours outside motor vehicles. So it's only better in the sense that people don't have to stand out in the heat or the cold. But this disorganization led by, look, I like Phil Murphy personally, but I don't think he's a great manager. When you look at the different issues, whether it be unemployment, whether it be rollout of the vaccine, whether it be motor vehicles, look, nice guy, not really that good at managing these kind of uh, bureaucratic messes that have occurred. So yeah, is it better? Yes. Are people built, uh, frustrated? Yes. And I don't think they put enough resources in the motor vehicles or unemployment, actually. So what's obviously just like 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 everybody else, whether it's it's governors or legislators or presidents, COVID has dominated uh, the last year of everybody's lives. How how is New Jersey doing on vaccine distribution? It's a mess. Why would a 90 year old have to go on the Internet and just be outfoxed by as a 20 year old nephew or niece who's able to get their 66 year old relatively healthy mother or father in for a vaccine not only that why do you allow each county to only allow people from their county to get a vaccine what if you have a 90 year old person with underlying health concerns but they live in union county but there's available vaccines in essex county it, there should be one resource one location and it should be easily accessible by senior citizens so this is really a complete mess. And I think uh, Murphy criticized the federal government on this issue. So consequently, I think you, you need one czar of the vaccine. Any idea who that should be? Well, let's see. I'd find the most somebody who's been in the private sector, maybe in, in, in distribution of resources, and I'd bring them into Trenton and I'd say, okay, Understood. we need to get the most vulnerable vaccinated as quickly as possible well, assembly, do, we do it right now it's just hit or miss and assembly minority leader john bramnick I'm, I'm sorry for the tech difficulties hope you'll come back soon thank you very much this is david wildstein the editor of the new jersey globe you're listening to the new jersey globe power hour on talk radio 77 wabc